And he shows up with his lunch. May have just showed up just to see what's going on, as a little boy might do. And then we see something miraculously happen in this passage of Scripture. What happens is, is Jesus, Andrew says, there's a little boy here that's got this. And Jesus said, I want you to set everybody down. Set them down. And that's what we see there in verse 10. Everybody set down. And it says that Jesus took those loaves, and when he gave thanks, he started distributing it. Now, I want to say something about that. As these disciples was breaking that bread off, it just kept growing. They never could get it all broke off. That's what actually happened to these five <coughs> loaves. Now, you got to also remember that barley bread was the cheapest. If you couldn't eat any bread, any other bread, you could get this barley. Actually, it was more fitting for a donkey or a horse than for humans. But you're fixed to see something where actually happened here that Jesus Christ takes those loaves, he blesses them, and then he starts multiplying. See, that's what Jesus does. He always multiplies and things. So first point I want us to see this morning is that the loaves and the fish had a previous history. Had a previous history. You see, these fish had a divine appointment. That's what they actually had. The bread had a predestined purpose. I believe that whether God created the fish grown as the little boy caught them, which God do anything that he wants to, well, they just walked up and there's a little old pool of water and there's two fish that God just placed there. These fish had a previous appointment of divine appointment. That they were put here and that for a certain time God in eternity past knew that a little boy would pass by and he was going to provide two fish for him. But then you go even further than that. I believe the barley. Now, I don't know what barley field they came out of, but I'll tell you this. If the whole field had died, there would still be enough barley standing to make those five loaves. Because God had a divine appointment also for them. There was something said in eternity past when that wheat was planted, that seed was put in the ground. God said, I have a purpose for you. And it will be carried out perfectly for my glory, for my will to be done in it. So see now. Are you saying, Brother Gary, that if I, if that God is so concerned about equipping us that he'll put two fish there for us to give glory to him and that we would make just enough barley to have somebody crush that barley to make bread? Yes, I'm telling you, God will equip you with exactly what you need to carry out his will. It'll be set in past to happen when it's supposed to. So if God's concerned about the fish, and we know that he is, you know, we're told that the word of God is concerned about the little sparrows that have a place to be. So you just think of how wonderful it is to know he cares for us. He set these things in place. So I want to say this to you. In this crowd is a little boy. Actually, they're not even talking about women, children at all in this. They talk just about the baby. But somewhere along the line, this little boy's been noticed, right? And this crowd of 10 to 20,000 people, uh, Andrew has seen a little boy carrying around five loaves of bread and two fish. So now something miraculous happens. The boy in the loaves are brought. 
notice, look there again. Verse 9 says, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fish. You notice it says small? But what are they among so many? We need to care for them that. There's a little boy here. This little fella got his lunch. He's got five loaves of barley. Two little old bitty fish. What's that mean about anything? But somewhere in Andrew's heart, something instilled in Andrew's heart to even mention it, because he's already doubting that it doesn't mean anything. Or he just may have said, well, I'll tell you what. We talk about something to eat. I did send a little fellow over to lunch. This is what he had. But somewhere, something sparked the remembrance that he had seen this little fellow. So, now he's brought unto notice. Now remember, these loaves and these uh, two fish had a destiny, correct? We believe that. We know that God's in control of it. We know that they were placed there at that very time. Amen? And we know that this little boy being showed up however he got there, how, whatever his intent when he got there, is a predestined time that God said, All right, here I am. I'm with you. I'm going to give you two fish. I'm going to give you five loaves, and I'm going to put you on notice. Hmm. I wonder how often God can quit me. Everything I need at that instant puts me on notice, and I don't carry it out. Don't even think about it. Use it for the Lord's purposes. Even though the Lord set it all up for me to use it for that divine purpose and I don't carry it out. Well, I'm going to tell you something that I see about this boy, these loaves and these fish. You rest assured of this. You rest assured of this. If you are willing to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, don't be afraid that obscurity will ever prevent you from doing it. Don't have to come up with the excuse, well, I'm just a little person. I'm a very small learning. I'm in a little town. And in the grand picture, I'm just a small little thing sitting here. Well, let me tell you what. When God set this plan in place, and there's plans in place for your life, even today, that all the tools you need to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, whether it be with two fish and five loaves, has been set in place and been brought unto notice, and it is our responsibility to serve the Lord with it, and we will be noticed to do it. Amen. See this divine appointment that's happened here? But you go further. The lunch, uh, this little loaves and these breads were uh, insignificant. What they say in this passage of scripture, verse 9, it tells them, what are they among so many? It's not enough. It's not enough. I believe so often in our own lives, I'm going to back up and we're going to come back through these points and subpoints. I believe so often in our lives when we've been given the tools that we need. And it might not be a big tool. Five loaves of bread. Two little fish. But they had a divine appointment and God had placed them in this young boy's hand to serve him with them. You believe that? Of course he did. The little boy comes up and they 
bring him to notice. They said, come here. We're going to have to have that lunch, son. The little boy gives that lunch up. And then the first thing that people start saying, well, it's not enough. Well, you know what? After we've been brought unto notice, you know what we do so often. Now, this little boy didn't. But when the world starts talking about us, saying, you know what? You're really not equipped to do this. I'm going to say this. Brother Charles, it ain't nobody's business what I'm equipped with. It's what God says I'm equipped with. And if he's called you to do it, he's told you to do it, you do it. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter. Remember King David when his daddy uh, saw uh, Samuel came looking for him? And he said, bring your sons. The next king is here. Bring your son. And he left little David in the field. You see, his daddy, Jesse, didn't believe he was equipped enough to be a king, but it didn't matter what Jesse thought. It mattered what God thought. And he said, I'll stand here. Is this all of them? He said, no, i got one more. He said, well, bring him to me, and I want to set some seat. You see, those type things happen. This young man shows up here. They say, well, you know what? It's insignificant. So then so often we'll say, well, I tell you what. I have the tools. I know this is what God wants me to do. I've been brought to notice. But you know what? Really, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, it's just some small gesture. Just five barley loaves and two fish. I tell you what, I'm fixing to ease out of here because I'm hungry. Old old fellas grabbing. And they fix to take my lunch. I'm just going to watch out for number three. Somebody else will surely pick up the slack on that. It's Jesus up there. He doesn't need my five loaves and two fish. And he doesn't. But he gave you every tool that you need to serve him. Everything's been put in place. And this little boy could have said, you know what? My mama told me to get them loads. Oh, if I go home without that bread, I'm going to be a I'm just going to watch out for number one. When they're not looking, I'm fixing to cut out of there. They'll just see me heading out King Dust on me. I'm going to eat here. I'm going to get down the road down there, and I'm fixing to eat my food. Could have done that. And I believe so often that's exactly what we do. We're equipped. We've been put on notice. And then we start thinking, Lord, I know that's what God wants me to do. And I see it. I see everything's laid out there before me for me to take that first step. And instead of us taking that first step into his service, we start thinking, you know what? It's going to take a little bit of my time. It's going to take a few of my talents. Oh, I better cut out of here while I still can. But that's not what happened to Peter. This little boy went ahead and gave them up. So I want us to see this. I want us to see this little, uh, this boy's lunch was moved into a grand position. Look what happened. Verse 11. And then Jesus took the loaves. And you say, man, that doesn't look like much. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Anytime Jesus Christ takes anything from us for his glory, you believe it's in a grand position that you and I was able even to give it to him. Because he doesn't need it from us. But yet he went ahead Maybe even what the little boy thought to be insignificant, but he went ahead and he took the loaves. So I want us to see something about that. Once Jesus took possession of that bread, it was given to him. 
associated with bread. He took possession. I said he took bread. So therefore, it became associated with Christ. I believe that at least 99% of the people in this room today would actually tell me, biblically and doctrinally tell me, well, you know what? The bank account in which I own is actually not mine. It actually all belongs to Christ. Amen? Let's believe in it. Actually, the talents that I have are actually not mine. They were given to me to glorify Christ with me. Amen? They're actually not even mine. You know what? I really don't even have any time that's mine. Now, Satan fool you and say, you know, you need some time for yourself. No, it's God's time. And God will give you what time you need by yourself. But everyone would have confessed, yes, this all, everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to Him. Everything that goes on in my life, every action belongs to the Savior. But in this story, not only were they associated with Christ, they were transferred to Christ. Now you can say everything in my life associated with Christ. He's my Savior. He does everything for me. He blesses me. He redeemed me. He follows me. He watches over me. He comforts me. He gives me peace. But have you transferred everything to him? Most of us in this room today probably got a car payment. I can probably get on a common, pretty common ground about a car payment. And you'll say, that car is mine. Well, I'm going to tell you what. You don't make about three of those payments no longer. Until you transfer what you say belongs to whatever bank, whatever finance company, they're not going to accept just because you say I got it financed down here and you've never transferred anything. How many of your talents, how much of your time that you will say is God's, how much of your bank account that you will say, oh, it's God's, is actually ever transferred for his use. See, this one's more transferable. He just gave it up and backed up. You don't even hear about him any longer. He didn't say, well, he gave it to the little boy first. They don't even say that. He gave it to Jesus Christ, and the Word of God tells us that Jesus took the loaves, he took the fish from the little boy. They were associated with Christ, and then, uh, then they were transferred to him. Let me tell you something about these sacrifices that we say we make so often. And you see it in this passage. So often we say, well, we're going to have to sacrifice some things to you, Lord. And then we do it with a long face and poor mouth the whole time. How bad we got it. Well, I'll tell you what, just keep it. You can't glorify Christ with it, just keep it. Thank you can do it that way. We poor mouth stuff. Sacrificing to Christ is not something that should put a gloom on our face. Sacrificing to Christ is where we should be lifted up. I'm going to tell you why we do that. The reason that we say is we're giving it to Christ and then we have to transfer it to Christ. The reason that we put this gloom on our face and won't everybody have pity on us because we have sacrificed something to Christ is because we started out thinking more about the sacrifice than the power of God when he receives it. Oh, no, 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 no. And we pour them out any sacrifice we make. When 
we should say, oh, the Lord desires it to be. It's yours, Lord. You take, do with it whatever you want. You glorify it. You multiply it. You increase it. It's yours and yours alone. I believe from every second of every day we have been called and we have been commanded. It doesn't matter how small the action is. And I think we get fooled sometimes and we allow Satan to deceive us. That every action, every thought, and every deed that I carry out through a day is to glorify Christ. It's been transferred to him and he's to be glorified through it. Tell me one thing that's not to glorify Christ in your life. Then ask this question. Are you glorifying him with every act? Every second of every day is to glorify Christ with him. See, this little boy, he associated with Christ and he transferred it. See, it was more about not the sacrifice, but the power that Christ possessed. As we go further into the story, so Lord revealed this to me and it's so exciting to me. Lord, it's just, I can't even grasp, uh, grasp the power which is in this next part of that there in verse 11 again, it says, and Jesus took the loaves, they were associated with him, they were transferred to him, and when he had given thanks, thus he said. Jesus will always remember what you've done in his life. One day, Brother Charles, we're going to get to heaven. Maybe a thousand, two thousand years into it, Jesus is going to look over there and say, hey, you two, come here just a minute. He said, you see that fellow right there? Yes, sir. Well, his name's so-and-so. He's that one that gave the fish and the loaves that you read about in the book of John. See, Jesus will never forget what you've done in his life. It's always there. It says that he gave uh, thanks. He blessed it. He always remember. I believe we'll get to heaven and we'll see that woman that's written in there that she gave her two mites. And she'll be known for that. That has carried out the word of God. It was given for God's glory. Had nothing to do with her. She would sacrifice all for God's power to use it. He blessed it. Now, back up. Did God actually need the fish that the little boy brought? Or the loaves that the little boy brought? Or the willingness of the little boy for him to feed those folks? done anything he wanted to. He didn't have to start with five loaves. He could have made five loaves. Actually, he already had because he's the one that got them. He could have just created fish that just passed around. Why? You see the blessing in that? Even though God doesn't need me, he gives me every opportunity. He gives me every tool to glorify him with it. And then when I do puts it into remembrance. And it's always there. I wonder how many things we're storing up for Christ to remember. I believe each and every one of us ought to live our lives every day say, I'm going to try to give Jesus so much to remember me by that he can't remember it all. No, he never can. That everything I do, every thought that I have, every step that I take, I want Christ to be glorified in it, that he be uplifted, that he be glorified in it, and he get the honor for everything that goes on in my life. Everything. But also, the loaves and the fish had a future. You think, well, that's got to be overnight. No, no, they still had a 
future. Look there at verses 12 and 13. And when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, he gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. You see what this does? You see what happened through this little boy's sacrifice? You see what happened with this little boy's lunch that had a, a predestined set time? They removed it. You ever been bad hungry? You ever been hungry enough that all you can actually think about is eating? You ever been there? See, through this sacrifice that this little boy gave, that looked so insignificant. This little boy knew he couldn't feed this multitude, but he knew if God wanted or Christ wanted it, something could come out of it. And misery was relieved but on ten to 20,000 people from a little boy's lunch. So, if tomorrow, I set out tomorrow to do everything to glorify Christ with, with us. And it might be small little offering of five loaves that's only been for horses and donkeys. And two little fish. Is it possible that in, through my actions that I'm giving, that I've transferred over to the Lord and through my sacrifice and His power that it could touch anywhere from 10 to 20,000 people? Praise God, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Brother. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Well, I'm too little. Well, I'm sure the little boy thought that too. Man, I'm just in Monticello. There ain't even 20,000 people here. I'm sure the little boy thinks the same thing. It's not about the sacrifice. It's about God's power. But then you go further. Jesus was glorified in this. Jesus was glorified in this. Look there at verse 14. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, the prophet that should come into the world. The Word of God tells us through our actions that Christ was glorified because our Father is seen through us and people believe on it because of things we do. Hmm. Well, if that be the case, and if I'm not living Christ's life, does that mean I influence influence them the other way? Exactly, that's what that means. She see my good works and that they glorify Christ, that they may believe in the things that they've seen me, what God's done through me. Jesus Christ was glorified in this situation. You know what? I don't see many people during the day. Well, I ask you this. Have you seen two that can glorify Christ with you? Then if you wouldn't do it with two, you wouldn't do it with 2,000. Right? Well, yesterday I only seen one person.
seeing this. Do you see that actually all that was left over was the bread? You see that, Brother Michael? We didn't talk about fish. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. The Lord revealed this to me sitting here hearing Psalms this week. The same chapter, he talks about he's the bread of life. You see this passage? I want you to look at that again. Uh, and they said that they gathered the fragments that remained, verse 12, that nothing uh, be lost. Therefore, they gathered uh, them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. You know why he's, that says it with that way? Because in this same chapter, Jesus Christ says, I'm the bread of life. He didn't say, I'm the fish of life. He said, I'm the bread of life. See, the fish didn't remain, but there was way more bread than those 17. Jesus Christ tells us, and we're told in God's word through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the book of Romans, that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You know why? depths of God's grace has bore over covered my sin a thousand times. I can't get to the end of that. Jesus Christ is the bread of life and there's always a sufficient flow and an abounding flow above and beyond what's ever needed of him. Surely we would all say, oh I know, no doubt my mind Transfer to Christ to say everything that we need for your life and your glory. 
you will be seen in me today. Today. So watch your five loaves and two fish. What will you do with it? Good Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning to pray. We thank you that your grace is sufficient. Lord, we thank you that you would use us when you don't have to have me for this one thing. But you love me and you desire for me to be in your will so that you will give me things. you'll direct my path. And Lord, all you require of me is to be willing to sacrifice and transfer and give. Lord, you'll be using me. That you'll increase me. That you'll multiply me. Not for anything that I will do or have no love in. But that you may you will have